Please turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. We see the faith of two people here. They're very different. Each one proclaims their faith through what they say. Let's begin reading in verse 22. It says, And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Now we spoke about this before. For Jairus' daughter to be at the point of death means she was sick before this. It means she wasn't doing well, and Jairus must have tried everything before he came to Jesus. So we are seeing a desperate person here. We are seeing a person that has tried everything. Everything has failed. And now he's coming to Jesus. He says, my little daughter is at the point of death. Verse 23 continues, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Notice, he didn't say she might live. There's a good possibility she might get better. Amen. He said she will live. You lay your hands, she will live. Okay. Verse 24, so Jesus went with him. Jesus didn't even argue. Jesus didn't say, well, you know, I met a centurion. He didn't want me to come to his house. He just said, speak the word only. Isn't it interesting, Jesus met people where their faith was. So to this man, he needed Jesus to come and lay hands on his daughter, and she'll be made well. Fine, we'll go do that. Didn't talk to him, didn't say anything. He just said, let's go. Well, he didn't say that, he just goes. <laughs> okay? He says, and the great multitude followed him and thronged him. You understand throng? It means that everybody's pushing against you. Pressing against you. You're rubbing against everyone. You, you understand? Throng? Okay, okay. Alright. Verse 25. Now... This is amazing. In the middle of this story, in the middle of Jesus going out to help a child that is on the point of death, we begin another story. A certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. Really, we want to know this right now? There's a little girl dying. Remember, Jairus is desperate now. She's at the point of death. Verse 26, and had suffered many things from many physicians. We've talked about all this. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, now notice, she has done everything she knows to do. You know, I said this before. This this isn't one of those things like, you know, I got a cut on my finger and six doctors look at it. This is kind of one of those private things. And it says she had suffered. You know, let's just stop there for a minute. She suffered many things by many physicians. Everybody had an idea. That's right. <laughs> you know? Everybody said, oh yeah, I know that quite down the road. He don't know what he's talking about. I, on the other hand, you know, while you have money, they'll look after you. They'll offer you something. <laughs> Whether it works or not is a whole other thing. And notice, she had suffered. They didn't bring her any comfort. He didn't say that she found comfort in many physicians. Do you see what I'm trying to say? She had suffered. Everyone that came in caused her more suffering. And like I said, you know, it's one of those things that not only is it embarrassing, but you know, you're pronounced unclean and you can't go out in public and it's, it's a bad thing. And then to suffer on top of that, Do you understand the desperation? Okay. 
And he says, For she had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. Spent all that she had, means she had nothing more. Right. Verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she thought and said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. So we have Jairus saying, Come and lay your hands on my daughter and she will live. And the woman saying, Why did the woman say, If I could just touch his garment? Because she's not meant to be out in public. She's unclean. She's not meant to touch anyone. Can you imagine the faith on this woman? She goes, okay, I can't touch anybody. I can't touch him. But if I can grab his clothes, man, that's enough. That's all I need. That's huge. That is huge. That, that's amazing faith. To draw power out of someone, through their clothes, into your body. Get yourself totally healed. Amen. This is a one-time deal. She gets caught out in public and, you know, we're done. Okay. So we have two desperate people now. Can I just say this? We're not desperate enough when we pray. Somebody told me a story. Was it you? Yeah, he told me the story of this person. So he's going to become a priest, right? And so he wants to be the best priest ever. Alright, so he's learning from the best of the best. And they said, well, this, this monk over here, he's, boy, he's amazing at prayer. And so he thought, ooh, I've got to go find out from this guy how to pray. I need to know like right now. So he goes and says to the monk, I need to know how to pray, man. You need to teach me how to pray. Everybody, I've heard you're the best. What makes you so good? The guy doesn't say a thing. And he says, come on, man. I want to do this. You know, I want to be the best. He says, come back in a week. <laughs> Fine, I'll come back in a week, you know. Do whatever and come back in a week. Okay, so he comes back in a week. And so he says, alright, I'm back. Show me how to pray. What do I need to do? Monk doesn't say a thing. <laughs> Looks at him. Starts walking. Goes out the door. Excuse me? You got Alzheimer's? I'm talking to you. And he just keeps walking. He goes down to the river and this guy's like, are you taking a bath now? I'm, I'm talking to you, dude. These old monks, I tell you, they get weird. And, okay? and so he starts wading into the water. And he's just, you know, he wants to get these guys. And so he goes up, he says, come over here. And so he comes, monks, old guy, but he's tough. He grabs the guy and he shoves his head under the water. And keeps it there. And he's like, just trying to, you know. Kept him there for quite a while. And then pulled him out of the water. And he's like, what the heck, dude? You're going to just say no. Trying to drown me. What is wrong with you? you know? And he's mad. He's angry. And he says, what was this all about? He says, when you can be as desperate in your prayer life as you are for air, that's when it'll work. That's the secret. If you believe and you don't doubt, you can say to this mountain, see, mountains are only big when your faith is small. Did you hear me? See, to someone, to, you know, to a person over here, Something might be a mountain. To somebody else, it's a molehill. 
You know why? Because to this person, the, the problem is a mountain, their faith is a molehill. To the person that the problem is a molehill, their faith is a mountain. Their mountain of faith comes up to this and goes, are you kidding? Really? You want to stand there and give me lip? Jesus did that with a storm. <laughs> okay? The storm said, I'm so big, I'm so bad. Jesus said, shut up, shut down, get away. Okay. <laughs> and the disciples, wow! Check it out! This guy's amazing! Amen. See, we're not believing desperate. We're too comfortable. Now I'm talking to myself as much as everybody else here. You know, we just get too comfortable with things. You know? And we just don't... There is everything in you to pull in the impossible into your life. It's all there. And we're being taught how to do it. The reason you're here today is to learn how. I don't care how long a situation has been in your life. This woman, how many years? Twelve years. What a horrible thing to have in your life. And my goodness, she got desperate. And she went to God. Again, verse 28. For she thought and said, if only I may touch his clothes, I will be made well. Verse 29, immediately the founder of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, now notice immediately again. Verse 29, immediately the fountain of her blood dried up. Verse 30, Jesus immediately knowing in himself. This all happened in a split second. She knew, he knew. <laughs> okay, and it says that Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Boy, the real sharp disciples, watch what they say. But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? Now what's wrong with that statement? He never said, who touched me? He said, who touched my clothes? I know a lot of people are touching me, but somebody grabbed something. Somebody touched my clothes. The disciples are going, everybody's touching you. No, somebody touched my clothes. Isn't it amazing Jesus knew power went out of his clothes? <laughs> I think that is extraordinary. He was so aware of everything that was going on. He was so aware of the power of God that was on him. That he knew when it went out his handkerchief, his sock, not that he's wearing socks, but you know, but do you understand? I mean, he knew it was a part of his clothing the power went out of, not everybody pushing up against him. All right, let's keep going. And he looked around. Now, and this is all in the middle of Jairus coming to Jesus and saying, My daughter is at the point of death. Come now. And a woman interferes. Excuse me, Jesus. <laughs> Remember me? Remember dying daughter? Healed woman, dying daughter? We can publish this later, don't worry about it. We'll have a praise thing in the synagogue. Dying daughter. Let's go. <laughs> okay. I'm just thinking, man, if I were Jairus, I'd be going nuts right now. <laughs> right? It gets worse. <laughs> he says, and he looked around, verse 32, to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth, or the whole truth. Dear, oh dear Lord, really all the truth. Every detail. 
the name of every physician. You know, women are very detailed. Absolutely. I'm just, I'm playing with it. I'm sure she was good. But, you know, but, you know, to somebody that is desperate on a schedule, a second is like an hour. Who knows what I'm talking about? You know, it's just like, come on, man. I've got a kid dying. Now, let me just say this. People are looking at this. Might go, well, there's a man and a woman that Jesus is interacting with. He's not. This is about two women. You know, I take my head off to Jairus. He didn't say anything. Because he could have turned around and said, if my daughter dies because of it, <laughs> I know you're unclean. That's why she was in fear and trembling, by the way, because she's not meant to be out there. Do you hear what I'm saying? So she'd broken the law to get out there. Jairus, ruler of the synagogue, is there. His daughter is dying. She's interrupted this whole thing. And now she's giving a very long test. No. <laughs> so she tells him the whole truth. Verse 34. I love this. He turns and he said to her, Daughter. He didn't say unclean woman. Amen. He said, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. This had nothing to do with me. But I'm in, I am in agreement with it. Let me just stop here for a minute. Sometimes people, you know, when, when, when it does with sickness and disease, they think, well, is it God's will that I be healed? It's God's will that you be healed. This woman came and took something. And Jesus didn't rebuke her. He called her daughter. I think he had a smile on his face. Tell boy, if the rest of them like you, man, make my work really easy. I just stand around and go here, touch. <laughs> you, know? you can come and touch my clothes from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. today. <laughs> okay, all right. You know, I mean, you know, life would have been so much easier. And he, she just received what she knew. Now, so many people would say, now sister, God has put this on you. God is trying to teach you a lesson. Come on now. This is what people today would be saying. It would be that whatever is happening in your life is God's will. It would be that, I mean, you see people today. They've got a sickness or something. And it's just like, well, to the glory of God. It isn't to the glory of God. God gets glory when people get healed. God gets accused when people are sick. We were never meant to be sick. That is something, you know, if that's ever a question, get it out of your mind. What you need to do is find out how to get the healing. What's in the way? This woman realized she didn't care what got in the way. I touch his garment, I'll be healed. We need to have that same desperation and that same faith. We need to say, God, this is mine. This is not up for debate. There's no question about it. It's yours. God has designed you to walk in health. Now, if you're not well, please don't take this as a, Oh, I feel so bad that I'm sick. Hey, welcome to the club. Okay? I'm there too. I'm dealing with things right now. I'm praying over my family over things right now. I'm telling you what I know, and I'm telling you what I need to know. You need to know this. I know as I get more desperate for this, then I know more will start to happen. And I'm telling you to do the same thing. I can't get desperate for you. You need to get desperate. Do you hear what I'm saying? And I don't mean desperate in a negative sense. I mean desperate in the sense of this will happen. 
Jairus said, you come, you lay your hands on her, she will. There was no question there. He said, she will be healed. The woman said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, that's all I need. I know I'll get whatever I need. It was just, mm, that was it. There was no compromise there at all. Just in case it don't work, I have this doctor's number. It wasn't anything like that. It was like, this is happening. Amen? And family, look at what happens. While he was speaking, verse 35, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house. While he was speaking, what? While he was saying, daughter, your faith has made you well. While he was speaking, while he is giving her a blessing in this way, at the same time, somebody is coming up to the ruler of the synagogue and saying to Jairus, Jesus, I'm sure Jesus can multitask, okay? He can hear, okay? I'm sure he was saying this and listening to what's happening. I love this. Because he's watching, he's saying, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Be healed of your affliction. I almost think he, 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 he turned his attention from her to Jairus and just had a look to see what's going on over there. She was good. She was happy. It was cool. He had pronounced her clean. Priest had pronounced her clean. She can be out in public again. Everything is good. Something is happening over here. All right? All right. And it says, somebody had come to him and said, your daughter is dead. Isn't it interesting? Right in the middle of a good report comes a bad report. Right in the middle, immediately. Okay, it is, it's really interesting. I said to Em, I don't know how many times, you know, I've got to somewhere where I really want to celebrate something. I mean, right then, something else happens. And I'm like, really? I can't have two seconds to celebrate? Two seconds? Really? He really comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Right in the middle of it, he's, the, the report is, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? This is what happens a lot of times when we step out in faith. Let me just go back to Jairus now. He has stepped out in faith. People are not sure about Jesus, but he's willing to come and beg for his daughter's life. He's taking a step of faith. He prays to God and he says, God, I believe this is your will, I'm going to go do this. And I don't care how it might wreck my reputation, I'm going to do this. Goes out there, it's almost a humiliation in the way the ruler of a synagogue is talking to a 30-year-old. Uh, Jesus isn't like 60. Some old monk. <laughs> Do you understand? This is a young man. Okay? Last year he was 29. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay? He was just, he's quite young. Okay? And this ruler has, has, has done all of this. And what happens? After all that, after everybody sees the ruler coming in, ba- basically begging Jesus... Now comes the report, don't worry about it, your daughter is dead. That would make you sad, that would make you upset. That would just, you'd be like, well, thank you very much, God. You know what? Before he said anything, Jesus knows us so well, doesn't he? As soon as, verse 36, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, all his hope is gone basically now. And it's important this ruler keeps his hope and keeps his faith. He turns around and says something that we need to take to heart. When everything goes dark, when we have stepped out in faith, we have believed God, and instead of getting better, it went exactly the opposite direction. We need to hear these words. 
He turns around and he says, don't be afraid. I know fear is coming up in there. I know how this works. And he looks at him and says, don't be afraid. Only believe. Nothing else needs to be in your heart and your mind right now. Only believe. Don't let fear get in there. Only believe. Really, Jesus? That's it? Only believe? Can you not give me some words of comfort? Can we not sit and counsel for half an hour? Come on. I'm just, okay? You know, we kind of want it rubbed on. Jesus is like, hey, only believe. I can see Jairus. Okay. I guess I won't say that then. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. These guys were his first disciples. Took three invitations before they came on board. They thought about it. Interesting, when we get the life of Jesus, you'll see all of this. He turns around to them and he's, he now knows this has got serious. He now knows that he can't have any doubt. Do you know why? Not because his faith was fragile, because Jairus' faith is fragile. And the last thing that Jairus needs to hear is one of his disciples, one of Jesus' disciples say, I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> okay? You know Thomas? Hello. I don't know why we're about to walk. I mean, the woman's dead. It's the end of it. We stop now. Let's go home. A few condolences, a little card, and we'll go. <laughs> okay? Are you all with me? He couldn't have that around. Because this situation has got so desperate. And remember, we're talking about your confession, your mouth, death and life. Proverbs 18.21, death and life, death and life, death and life are in the power of your tongue. Do you hear me? It's, in your, it's not in the devil's power. It's in your mouth. The devil wants your mouth. Isn't it interesting how we comment on things? See somebody doing stupid something stupid on the road and we go, Oh yeah, he's going to crash and take about three people with him to go around the corner. Uh-huh, see I told you. Let me, let me just say this. We need to learn. I'm talking to myself now. We need to learn when we see something like to say, God, bring that person back to their right mind. Let them realize that it's stupid what they're doing. You don't know what experience they just had. Why don't we bring life whenever we see death? See, death is in so many things. Yeah, but it's not fun. Yeah, I know. This isn't about what's fun. This is about what's right. How many people do we want to die to make our point? Don't we want everybody to be safe out there? I'm talking to myself. I've seen stuff. And I've, I have done this. We say stuff. We don't realize that. You know, can I just say this? When you're angry, it is a power that is coming out of your heart, out of your mouth. They're not empty words anymore. Hear what I'm saying. We were given anger to correct situations, not to bring more damage. When there's an anger, there's a passion in there. You're ready to do something. Use it wisely. I know you want to fly off the handle and say stuff. Use it wisely. You are about to release power. Make sure it works for you, not against you. Amen? All right.
Let's, let's keep going. I need to finish this. Oh, I had another great thing to share with you. Anyway, and it says here, And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And he, then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who, who wept and wailed loudly. This is a show. How do you know that? Let's read the next line. It says here, When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? Jesus is going to pull their card. He says, the child is not dead, but sleeping. Verse 40, I'm just going to read the first few words. And they ridiculed him. Big mistake. How can you go from crying to ridiculing someone? They obviously didn't care. They probably got paid to come in, you know, well. <laughs> oh, she was so young. <laughs> and Jesus comes in and says, She's not, she not dead, she's sleeping. What? What is wrong with you? What kind of idiot? Who's this? You're not part of our wailing group. What are you doing here? We're paid for this gig. Get out of here. And they scorned him. <laughs> and Jesus, I'm, I'm using a lot of poetic license here. All right? But I want you to understand, okay? Listen, man, you can't go from really being sad. I have seen people that are genuinely sad. People that are heartbroken, that are throwing themselves in traffic to try and end their lives at a funeral. I cannot imagine somebody like that ridiculing someone. Do you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> I love the gospels the way that, you know, there's not even any time wasted. The very next thing says, but when he had put them all outside. <laughs> you know, we, we won't even take time to explain how he did it. Okay? He just did it. They ridiculed him, he chucked them all out. Now, let's think about this for a second. Whose house is this? It's not his house. Who knows what mother-in-law might be in there? He put them all out. Yeah, but I'm shut up. Get out. Okay, are you with me? I can see Jairus going, Whoa, something better happen today. Because that woman will not, you know, <laughs> I won't hear the end of it. I told you not to bring that crackpot in, but no, you got to bring him in. And then he kicks me out. Me! You know what I'm trying to say? Okay? Yeah, I'm just telling you this because you've got to get this man. Oh, it's just getting worse. I tell you, he was desperate for something to happen right about now. Alright. <laughs> and he says, but we put him all outside. He took the father and the mother of the child. See? Watch who he's taking now. And those who were with him, just his disciples, those three, and entered where the child was lying. Now, just imagine Jairus and his wife. They're going in to where their dead daughter is. He left her alive. He's coming home to a dead child. It's a very difficult situation. And then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Little girl, I say to you, arise. On a single word, all the power necessary to bring her back from the dead went into action. One word, it doesn't take a lot of words to get the results you want. Do you hear me? But it needs to come from your heart. And the word arise had all the power that was necessary in it to raise this girl from the dead. 
That's the faith that Jesus operated in, and he expects us to do the same thing. John 14, 12. Let me just quickly give you that verse. I say to you who believes in me, the works that I do, or the works that I do, he will do also. Greater works than these he will do. And watch this. Immediately. I love the immediately in this story. Immediately, the girl arose and walked. She must have been young. You know, <laughs> one of us rose right from the dead. Oh, I'll just stay here for a little while. And could you bring lunch to me in bed? You know, I've just come back from the dead. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay. <laughs> okay. But look at this. Look at the life that was in the word arise. It went into the girl and she bounced out. Immediately the girl arose and walked. For she was 12 years of age. And they were overcome with great amazement. Jairus hasn't seen her like this for a while. Remember she was getting sicker and sicker and sicker to the point of death. And now she bounces right out. The child has come back from the dead. But he commanded them strictly, verse 43, that no one should know it. And he said, I love that he says this, that something should be given her to eat. She has been sick. Sick people don't eat much. Have you noticed that when you get well, your appetite comes back? He's incredible, isn't he? He knows when power goes out of his clothes. He knows the little girl's going to jump up and run around. She's going to be hungry. Feed her. Give her something to eat. It is obvious from this that Jesus didn't do this to gain any fame. All right? He said, don't tell anyone. He already had a multitude thronging him. And had they heard about this miracle, there's no telling how many of them would want him to come and raise all of their loved ones. You know, it's interesting. You've got to be careful. Jesus, he didn't want to be known as somebody that was out there doing miracles. Because people have this bad habit of just getting what they want from you and moving on. They receive from God, but they never honor God. Do you, you know what I'm trying to say? What you guys are doing today is honoring God. Amen. By being here. I've run out of time. Okay. <laughs> no, I know. Psalm 138, verse 2. It says, For you have magnified your word above all your name. Jeremiah 1.12 Then the Lord said to me, you have, heard, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. That's why Jesus said, By your words you will be justified. By your words you will be condemned. Amen? Watch what you say. One of the things that the devil has done is to try and take the power away from what we say. He's getting us to not believe what we say. That's his job, is to try and get you to not believe what you say. Jesus says, believe, and even this mountain will move. Amen? Amen. We'll pick up on this next week. And we'll go to Second Kings and look at an extraordinary story there. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed.